politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew for your life as if it's on the line because, folks, it really is. This is not just about Israel. It's not about the Middle East. It is about everyone living in a failed state, which is anyone living in a Western former democracy. Daniel Horowitz back here today. It is October 11th. It is Wednesday. And it is go time for us. Look, there's stuff going on domestically, but it's all at a standstill. And what's going on in Israel is not just foreign policy, which I think we need to take the time out this week to forge what in America first foreign policy looks like in the context of the world we live in, to do what's right, to protect ourselves without getting ensnared in the same mistakes post 9-11. And we'll talk about that later on with our guest, Lee Smith, how we got to this position, how the Biden administration set Israel on fire. So the solution is not so much, you know, just like after 9-11, oh, let's go after, you know, regime change here, regime change there, nation building here. It's simply just undoing those those policies. Um, And then obviously here at home, the immigration lessons, both the border and the front door. BLM, Antifa, rampaging through our streets. You see, when we talk about anarcho-tyranny, we've spent a lot of time on the tyranny portion of that ideology. But as you well know, it's cut from the same cloth. It's really all tyranny. You have a government that is against its own people. Terrible. Against its own people. And yet... At the same time, it will allow other threats that do exist. Believe it or not, there are other threats in the world that are not our government, aren't Western governments. And jihad is certainly one of them that our government enables. So it ultimately is tyranny because to the extent we have external threats, be it well, I'd say internally with domestic crime, externally the border, suicidal immigration through our, through our front door, China. It's because our government purposely weakens our ability to deal with them or downright brings them in in the case of immigration. So I definitely want to deal with that and so much more today. But first, I, look, we, we got to start off with one simple fact. And that is, this fight is already in our country. Now, I want to be clear. We have to make sure we don't allow that to be parlayed into the next step. Oh, so therefore, we need to fight overseas. No, therefore, we need to deal with the problem here. We can't deny it. I want you to listen to this clip right here. Well, you know what? It's about a minute clip. I think it's worth listening to this pro-Hamas indoor rally. About 2,000 people in attendance. Take a listen here. No justice. No peace. 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 No justice.
government said what happened last Saturday was unprovoked. We don't want to be violent. We are not violent people. We are full of love. But when you have 75 years of ethnic cleansing, 56 years of occupation, 15 years of a blockade, that means nothing is unprovoked in Palestine. They have to understand. That's why we are frustrated here today. Okay, folks. So you heard that from the river to the from the sea to the river. Um, that's a call for genocide, meaning liquidating Jews between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. Um, obviously, celebrating everything Hamas did. Now, wait, where was that clip? What was that clip from? That was a speaker, not in the Middle East, not in France or England or Germany or Belgium. It was in Dearborn, Michigan. Now, keep in mind. The entire Michigan FBI office devoted their time to finding a couple of white trash losers that you know were kind of down on their luck and tried to recruit them and actually failed to kidnap the governor. And that's what they dealt with, a Fednapping. And this is what you have going on. And I'd say there's maybe 2,000 people in that auditorium all waving PLO flags. But you well know there are millions more who represent that in Western countries. Khalid Mashal, the head of Hamas, called for Friday as International Jihad Day for Muslims. And he doesn't mean in Gaza necessarily. What he meant was living around the world. Well, we say, well, how is Hamas around the world? Well, they're around the world because every Western country decided that the more violent and the more of a threat they become, the more we'll let them in. Does it mean every person of Muslim origin who comes in is going to be a problem? Is it a problem? Of course not. But what it does mean is that when you let in several million people from Islamic countries that quickly and cluster in these neighborhoods and places like Dearborn, you're going to have a hell of a lot of them that believe in that sentiment. Okay? You know, let's not talk about the straw man of how many are in touch with command and control of Hamas or Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a big problem, actually, in Dearborn. They're Shiites, and there actually are a lot that are in touch with them. But I'm not even talking about that. You know, that's X number. But what percentage of the several million Muslims we brought in believe in jihad? And... I think we all know it's a number that would likely shock us. It's one thing that typically the pollsters try to stay away from because they don't want that to be revealed to the American people. So let's not forget that when you have these ragtag kind of terror organizations calling for jihad against infidels, they can't harm us if we don't let them in. But we did. Hezbollah put out a similar statement. The United States is a partner with the Israeli aggression and we hold it responsible for the killing, crime, and siege. Okay? So just keep in mind, that is a very, very big problem. There are countless operatives they have and countless people who sympathize with them and countless mosques and educational institutions and community centers that harbor that sentiment. Now, I don't know what you do. I mean, a lot of them by now are American citizens. 
So obviously, you know, you can't just grab someone, and we certainly don't want our government doing that after what they do to us. But I just want you to recognize that, you know, obviously the neocons are going to try to make this about the Middle East, but it's all about letting them in, and we let them in. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about Jewish institutions being a target, Jews being a target, not in the Middle East, meaning in Western countries. How are Jews targets in Western, enlightened, democratic countries? Because we allowed Islamo-Nazis into the country. Never forget that. Never forget what leftists did to serve the idols of diversity, including a lot of leftist pagan secular Jews as well. And that's why we are where we are. So the lesson is, you can't run away from this. This is a big problem. Moreover, moreover, in terms of the first, I mean, I hate to even talk like this, but the first likelihood that something, even a fraction of the magnitude of what happened in Israel could happen here where you have just a bunch of roving hyenas fan out and, and hatchet people and, 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 and butcher them, go house to house. Even before direct Islamic jihadists doing that, I envision it being more in the line of BLM Antifa. And I'm sure a lot of you heard the news yesterday. And this is really what I want to get to, to tie in what's going on with Israel to anarcho-tyranny and the subversion of Western governments. BLM put out a statement, BLM grassroots stands in solidarity with our Palestinian family who are currently resisting 57 years of settler colonialism and apartheid. Note that word colonialism. As black people continue to fight to end militarism and mass incarceration in our own communities, by the way, Republicans joined in that whole mass incarceration talking point, let us understand the resistance in Palestine is an attempt to tear down the gates of the world's largest open-air prison, as a radical black organization grounded in abolitionist ideals, we see clear parallels between black and Palestinian people. We too understand what it means to be surveilled, dehumanized, property seized, families separated, our people criminalized and slaughtered with impunity, locked up in droves. And when we resist, they call us terrorists. We too dream of a world where our people may live freely and decolonized land. May the borders... Listen what they say. Borders, checkpoints, prisons, police, and watch lists that terrorize our communities crumble and may the world we rebuild from their, from their ashes honor those who have fallen in the struggle. Decolonize. That is a term that the Western oligarchs have allowed to happen. What the Western oligarchs have done is in order to empower themselves, they have sown discord within their populations. They've done that in several ways. Number one is to bring in mass migration from the Middle East and other third world places that a lot of those people are really incompatible with the values of a enlightened a democratic republic. But also opening up the jail doors and then sowing racial division and creating this sort of mentality. And if you watch the, the communists and the leftists on social media and the BLM types, they keep using this word decolonize. 
to describe what happened in Israel. And what that means in short order is, is you fan out complete anarchy. You take advantage of the rotted out Western institutions where the military is weak, the police are weak, the people are weak, the resolve is weak. And the government empowered this blood libel for so long that you just go and you slaughter innocent people, you rape, you pillage, you do whatever you want to do. That's what decolonize means. That's what we should fear here in our homeland. Again, I'm actually even a little bit more concerned with BLM directly than Hamas and Hezbollah or just, you know, freelance jihadists, which certainly is a problem. There's there's a lot of that. Um, We've talked about this in North Dakota, uh, this shooting that we had a couple months ago. We've had a lot of jihadist attacks that the media just doesn't report, and they're very quiet. Um, They haven't been large scale since 9-11, but we've had a number of them, a ton of them, actually. But BLM, I mean, they've already done it. They've fanned out throughout the streets. They were borderline starting to do this in, I'd say, Portland area or, yeah, I don't know, maybe Portland area, but Seattle, I think. They they almost, they started, if you remember, going into um, going into houses one by one, shooting people. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, shooting laser beams on them. It wasn't real ammo, but it was laser beams. And in the case of DHS, they actually blinded officers. So they're just a step away from doing that. And and folks, that's why you absolutely need to go to BarrelBuddy.com. <laughs> you need to use your gun a lot because you need to practice. But in the process, you got to clean it. Barrel Buddy, we say they offer 50 of these cartridges for just 15 bucks at BarrelBuddy.com. Again, we're promoting our class in at PatriotAcademy.com slash Daniel. Um, in Fredericksburg, we have December 18th. We talk about iTarget Pro to do dry fire, fire practice. And then, again, part of being a gun owner is you do live uh, ammo practice. You do have to clean your gun. Barrel Buddy is the most efficient way to do that. Again, BarrelBuddy.com. Now, folks, I just wanted to kind of clear the decks before we get to our guest because we do have a lot going on today. I'm just really, really distracted. We We have the speakers fight that is going on right now. They're in conference. And again, you know, I do have my doubts whether the timing was right about this, but hopefully we get a better outcome We'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow. Um, I want to play a clip here of Ron DeSantis, very quick clip, talking about Muslim immigration and how clearly, clearly he gets what, what what's at stake. Take a listen. And then you see uh, demonstrations in New York City and places where they're cheering on uh, Hamas and cheering on the, the destruction and the depravity, um, we've got some serious problems. Look, if you don't like this country, you should not be in this country. I don't know why we've allowed, and it's not just illegal immigration, it's also legal immigration. If you're that uh, ups, if you're that supportive of those types of attacks against one of our allies, the chopping off heads of babies, uh, I don't know why we would want you in this country to begin with. So you heard that. 
illegal but also legal immigration. We let it through our front door. We cannot forget that. He clearly gets what is at stake. That is a big, big problem that needs to be shut down immediately. So all this focus on what's going on in Israel, again, it needs to be parlayed into the border, needs to be parlayed into visas, it needs to be parlayed into self-defense and bolstering the Second Amendment. It needs to be parlayed into dealing with BLM. I mean, remember, you had Republican governors, even Kim Reynolds of Iowa, sat down with them and agreed to release felons, or not release, but um, give felons, you know, restore the right to vote. And that's, that's what this is about. Our government has weakened us. It's part of the tyranny. I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, you know, what's going on in Israel is made up or it's a conspiracy or this or that. Because they're so, they have this one singular minded focus on Western governments creating all the problems. What I'm trying to tell you is it's all one. They did create the problem in the sense that they made us vulnerable to them, they weakened them. Israel did stupid suicidal land for peace for so many years. They did a lot of things that weakened their security apparatus empowered the PLO in many ways, um, made their military woke and broke just like ours. They're very, you know, they're they're rotted out. We'll talk about with Lee Smith coming up, the color revolution they almost had there. But it doesn't negate the fact that there still independently are other evils, and Islamic Jihad certainly is one of them. All of us who believe in the Bible do understand that. Um, I mean, look, I hate to say it, but... I wonder if you know this is this is the fulfillment of many end of times prof- prophecies. Uh, Zephaniah chapter two: Gather yourself together, a nation that has no desire. It's unbelievable. This is what it says: A nation that has no desire, Western civilization has no desire to live. Before the decree is born, as chaff that passes the sun, before the fierce anger of the Lord comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who executed his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be concealed on the day of the Lord's wrath. For Gaza shall be deserted and Ashkelon shall become wasteland. Ashdod at noon, they shall drive her out and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Cheritites. The word of the Lord is against you, Canaan land of the Philistines. And I will destroy you, so that there shall be, so that there shall not be an inhabitant. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, ironically, modern Ashkelon and Ashdod are Israeli cities just north of modern-day Gaza. But but back then, those were cities part of Gaza, which was never controlled by the Jews. They didn't follow Joshua's uh, admonishment and God's order, and left the Philistines there, and. To this very day, that land developed some sort of a spiritual violence. I mean, dating back to Samson fighting them and getting killed there, um, and, and King David. And but eventually, you know, God promises those who seek the Lord, repent, seek righteousness, seek humility, they will be spared when the coast, literally the southwest coast there, is destroyed. Who knows what's coming? But we have to do what's right. We have to stand for what's right. Does that mean sending a bunch of troops to defend Israel? No. Does that mean a regime change in Iran? No. No. 
but it does mean obviously protecting our own prerogatives and standing against evil. And in order to stand against evil, you don't need to do stupid regime changes. You need to just merely stop the stupid policies that we currently have. I, I, I just want to go over some of the numbers here. This is from 2001 to 2018. Okay? We brought in 228,000 people from Iran. Now, to be clear, there are certain, like, Jewish, even Jews, Christian, and Bahis, but it's not a majority of them, from what I understand. 155,000 from Egypt, 203,000 from Iraq, evenly divided between Sunni and Shia, so we bring that to our shores. 62,000 from Lebanon. Um, Syria was 69,000, but... but uh, it's gone even higher since then. Yemen, Yemen, 61,000. Uzbekistan, 72,000. The Uzbeks, by the way, um, the Zarnayev brothers, the Boston bombers were from there. Some of the most violent people are from Uzbekistan because Uzbekistan is an inter interesting country. It is Muslim, but the leadership is more old school Soviet. They actually repress radical Islam there. So they don't allow them to even grow beards. They have all this stuff. So ironically, when we get refugees from some of these countries, the West is more hospitable to the Muslim Brotherhood than certain Muslim countries are, believe it or not. That's how pathetic the West is. So when we get refugees, we're not getting those persecuted by Islam. We're getting the ones doing the persecuting that, that, that were thrown out. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you guys go take them. So we do. Sudan, 56,000. Turkey, 76,000. Pakistan, 289,000. Again, there's some decent people from there, but it's, it's you know, Morocco, 67,000. I, I want you to tally that up in your mind. Jordan, 75,000. Um, I don't know if I, I don't have numbers written here from the so-called Palestinian Authority areas. Bangladesh, people forget that one. 227,000. Massive, massive. We've had some Bangladeshi terrorists in uh, Brooklyn, New York. We had that a couple of years ago, an attack. Indonesia, 50,000. And I could go on and on and on. On and on and on. Somalia, 116,000. Somalia is a real tough cookie to crack like we see with Ilan Omer. Now, folks, I do have some good news for you. A lot of you are asking me, where do I get ivermectin? Where do I prepare for these autumn viruses that are going to pro proliferate thanks to the viral immune escape from the vaccines? Well, our very own Dr. Peter McCullough and some of the doctors we have become friends with, they started the Wellness Company. It has a lot of telehealth for people who are vaccine-injured, uh, all sorts of ailments where the broken medical system doesn't service you. Over 40% of Americans say they'd avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was catastrophic, and for good reason. So they have finally tried to create a parallel medical economy, um, twc.health slash Daniel. So head over to twc.health slash Daniel and use promo code Daniel for 10% off at checkout for your medical emergency kit today where it has antivirals and things like ivermectin. So again, those of you asking, that's where it is, twc.health slash Daniel, promo code Daniel for 10% off. One more thing just before we get to our guest, 
I, I do want to say that, and I'll develop this more tomorrow, What more than focusing on border security, in other words, if I had to pick one thing to rally around when Republicans finally get their act together and we could continue the budget fight, more than HR2 dealing with asylum and parole, if I had one thing, it would be Josh Hawley has a bill to deputize, to explicitly allow states to deport illegals. Um, and I think that is something we need to fight for. It is much more – now, look, see, I obviously, if you're worried about an Israel situation, that is border, that it's not immigration, it's a border issue. But in order to deal with the national security aspect of the border, 99% of the flow is illegal immigration. And that's what distracts and makes it that you can't do anything. That, in order to shut that down, you need interior enforcement. And allowing states to deport will shut that down. They won't come. Then you can deal with concerns about Hezbollah coming over or, you know, terrorists or whatever. Um, and that's much easier to deal with. But it needs to be dealt with by empowering the states. The Biden administration will never secure the border because they're the ones breaking it. So there's not much we can do until he's out of office. The only thing you can do is leverage states. And I would argue that even though it's a much more hardcore option, ironically, you're more likely to get bipartisan buy-in from people like the New York City mayor who would love to have a tool at his disposal now that these blue areas are beleaguered and overrun by illegals. Um, they would love to have such a tool. So I really think state deportation is where it's at. We'll develop that more um, as as the days go on, but th this is really the lesson we need to take. I know we've spent so much time worrying about the government, the FBI coming after us. It's it's a big problem. But the same rotted out Western governments have also weakened us against other threats that they have also helped make worse. Again, the, this decolonialism, this entire mentality has been promulgated by the Western oligarchs forever. Somehow they think it's not going to affect them. They're stupid because their day will come. Their day will come. But that's where we are now. They did that to empower themselves. So they've. They, it's not just that they put us under the boot of their neck. They also harm us in so many ways. So, so, so many ways that make us vulnerable to every threat imaginable, domestic and foreign. And never forget BLM, that entire mentality, that every grievance that they have is your problem. You are responsible by virtue of being white. Never forget that. That's what it is all about. You are to blame. And notice you have even some fake conservatives. I don't want to call them conservatives, but buying buying into this nonsense. And saying, oh, the innocent people in Gaza, how dare you? Oh, it's terrible. You know, you have to worry. Dude, it's kind of like the inner cities. It is not white people's faults living in the suburbs that the stuff is going on there. That is, you guys have to ultimately get out of your own morass. 
that is nobody else's fault. It is the black leadership's problem. Obviously, white liberals help fan the flames with their policies. But at the end of the day, it, 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 you are stuck in that morass. It is nobody else's fault. Israel has given them so much money in Gaza. Same thing. The um, Internationally, they have. I told you, they've been given more aid per capita than anyone. But the majority of the people there love jihad more than they love their own children's future. I know secular liberals can't understand this. People that actually believe in their religion. But I believe in mine and I know a lot of you believe in yours. So you could appreciate jihad is literal. They believe in it. It's not just a few evildoers. They believe in it. And the bottom line is they would rather kill Jews than improve their lives. So, hey, you know, concrete pipes, let's build weapons, not build houses and build infrastructure. They were given every chance to succeed. So BLM is right. There are a lot of parallels there. That you blame everyone else for what you've done to yourself, and then that gives you a license to kill uninhibited. Just remember that. We were very close. People forget, just like they forget COVID. People forgot BLM. 2020 was the worst year of our lives. By the way, that was another Trump failure. On par with COVID, by the way. But that's for a different time. So let's never, ever, ever forget about that. But I want to get to our next guest. So folks, as I talked about yesterday, we have to eschew this false dichotomy between we either think everything going on in Israel and, and the jihad is all mirage, it's all fake, kind of, you know, like a lot of us are rightfully very suspicious of things after uh, COVID and Ukraine and all this stuff, versus Lindsey Graham that we need to just have more kinetic wars when, ironically, a lot of Lindsey Graham's policies is what has placed us and particularly Israel in danger to begin with. Really, a lot of this is just unwinding the bad policies. A lot of people tell me on domestic affairs, similar thing. Well, what do we do about healthcare? I'm like, well, I know what healthcare ought to look like. I know why it doesn't look like that. You know, the solution is nothing innovative. It's not, let's throw a bunch of money and subsidize people and create welfare. No, it's you unwind the policies that created scarcity and, and high costs and things like that. Foreign policy is pretty similar in that respect. A lot of the problems we have are because of American foreign policy uh, funding or policies that led to it. So, you know, I don't think we need to Ukrainize Israel. It's simply unwinding the Biden administration's policies and obviously letting them do what they need to do. And as we mentioned before, we have a lot to do on a domestic front to take care of our own security because we've had suicidal immigration border policies for so long. So I wanted to bring on someone who's actually a little bit more in tune with this than I am who's been following this because I haven't followed foreign policy the last couple of years given uh, what we've had at home. But Lee Smith is a terrific writer, uh, among many things on the, on the Middle East. He writes for Tablet Magazine, which has very high-quality work if you go to their front page on what's going on there, if you want to know what's going on in Israel, um, both from the Israeli perspective from the American perspective – Great uh, work. You could look at Lee Smith's columns there. And uh, he's not a one-trick pony either. He writes about a lot of things. He's the author of uh, a book about the deep state in America, The Permanent Coup, 
how enemies, foreign and domestic, targeted the American president, and so much to say. Lee Smith DC is his Twitter handle. Make sure you follow him. It's a must-follow Lee Smith DC, and he's also with us in the flesh today. Hey, Lee, thanks so much, and welcome for the first time to Blaze Media. Hey, Daniel, thank you for that uh, very, very kind introduction. I really appreciate it. And it's great to be uh, great to be here with you today talking about um, really important stuff. And there's so much out there. Um, I know that you and I are going to be able to cut through it and hopefully give people a, a clearer uh, understanding by simplifying some things and clarifying some things and giving a little more detail on others. No, absolutely. So the question on everyone's mind is why now um, – I'm not going to ask you so much from the Israeli perspective. I don't know if that's so much your expertise, like what failed within Israel, but externally, how Hamas is this strong? No one believed they had a capability to do something like that. That's more like a Hezbollah thing. How they have so much uh, power and how the Biden administration, both through funding, through the Iran deal, through diplomatic just ass-backwards policies isolated right. Israel. We came out of the Trump administration, the Abraham Accords, where um, the Sunni states seemed to be almost not not only not at war with Israel, but more even allied with Israel. Iran mm -hmm. was more isolated. Now Israel's isolated. How did that happen? Um, well, because this was, this was Bur Obama's vision for the Middle East to realign American interests with those of the Islamic Republic of Iran and Donald Trump. I, I, I heard you in the lead talking about unwinding certain policies, and I agree with that, and that's what Donald Trump did when he was in the White House regarding um, regarding the Middle East. The problem is it, 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 it's, it's, not just a it's not just about recognizing what are bad, destructive policies. The fact is that we have people who are committed to these policies. It's not like um, you, you can explain to Barack Obama or John Kerry or Robert Malley and say, you know, we've seen we've seen this tested and it's 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 just not working. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I understand the criticism and I take it to heart and I think you're right and we're going to go back and look at this again. They're they're committed to this. So it's not going to change under a Joe Biden administration at all. The only hope of getting out of um of getting out of uh, a policy that has put us on 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 the on the wrong side of civilization is to elect someone who is not Joe Biden. And at this point, uh, all of the Democratic Party is in the same column as Joe Biden is when it comes to both Iran and Israel. I think why? it's probably a little, well, little well, why too Why do Democrats love Iran so much? Well, because Barack Obama did, and Barack Obama pushed it that way. Um, I mean, there, there, there's, I mean, there are geopolitical reasons. There are financial reasons. I mean, remember how much how much energy I Iran is sitting on, right? I Iran is a tremendous uh, producer, not just of oil, but also uh, natural gas. They share that Pars II field with Qatar. Um, so th there's that. There's also uh, 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 Obama wanted a strong. Re strong regime to to main to manage American interests in the Middle East as the United States started to minimize its footprint in the region and looking around 
He believed that Saudi Arabia, the, the Gulf Arab states led by Saudi Arabia couldn't carry that burden. Israel couldn't carry it. Um, and Iran had a lot of hard men, both in the regime, the Quds Force, uh, formerly led by Qasem Soleimani, as well as Hamas and Hezbollah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, we also, we also have to acknowledge the pretty plain fact right now that Barack Obama just doesn't like Israel, right? I mean, because the, <laughs> the, the only kind of person... Yep. Who would um, who would make a deal to legalize an industrial-sized nuclear weapons program uh, uh, run by a state that embodies Jew hatred? As a guy that just doesn't like Israel that much. Again, I, I, think I can't. I, I really understand I, that now. I I didn't understand it before because I was thinking, isn't Obama busy on the fundamental transformation at home? Like, why was he so invested in Iran? But uh, everyone saw yesterday that's part, that, well, that, what, that's part of the fundamental transformation at home right mm. that was the iran deal the iran deal was the fulcrum um you know we talk about realigning interest in the middle east it's all that was also a realignment of the democratic party right and what does that realignment look like it looks like the squad right it looks like ilhan omar uh, it looks like Russia the Tlaib. It looks like AOC. That's the realignment within the Democratic Party. What? How else does that realignment look like? It looks like the crowds in Dearborn, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, supporting Hamas. It looks like the people who have taken to the the demonstrators mm. who have taken to the streets uh, in New York, in Washington, in Florida, all over the country at this point, showing up with. With Palestinian flags and and chanting on behalf of uh, you know demonstrating on behalf of Hamas, knowing full well what this uh, what this most yep. recent operation looked like, and so what that meant to real to reorganize the Democratic Party was to give um, was to push out the Jews right of the Democratic Party, and you know I, I mean it, 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 it wasn't very hard to do. Because it's not like a lot of um, a, 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 a lot, especially you know, especially in big cities like New York and Los Angeles, Jews were looking, Jewish voters were looking for an answer in the Republican Party, especially after Donald Trump had been tarred as everything from a, a, a racist ogre to a, a, a Jew hater. So the deal was basically, you're welcome to to, to American Jews. Uh, the deal was basically, yeah, you're welcome to stay in the Democratic Party, but you have to suck up the fact that um, we're going with a regime that embodies Jew hatred and we're legalizing its nuclear weapons program, which will be pointed not just at Saudi Arabia, but also at Israel. So you're welcome to stay in the Democratic Party. And frankly, you don't have any other choice. So you should stay with us. But remember, you really don't have a say in how things go. So, no, this 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 had a lot to do with with um, wow. Barack Obama's transformation of America and transformation of the Democratic Party as well. Right. You you look and you see the different people. I mean, this was the Iran deal. Look, there, I, I, I'm not a big Charles Schumer fan, um, but Charles Schumer and other um uh, uh, Jewish tem uh, Jewish senators. It was Ben Cardin. Um, there was. Uh, uh, um, I mean, they were on the uh, fence. These guys. They ultimately, you know, they they were on the fence because Obama put them there. <laughs> because they were on the fence because Obama put them there. Right. Normally, they said, "Look, I, this is this is this is absolutely nuts." 
right? But they had no choice at a certain point. That's why they fell down the way they did, because they had no choice. No, I don't think that any of them would have thought that giving the Iranians a nuclear weapons program, and that was, that is what the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action was. It was not about stopping uh, Iran's bomb. It was about legalizing Iran's bomb. Yep. And people who who even yep. have a, a, a cursory familiarity with the agreements will recognize the phrase sunset clauses. Sunset clauses refers to the restrictions on Iranian nuclear activities and other activities, including weapons purchases and weapon sales that were destined to expire. At the end, uh, at the end of all those, uh, once those uh, clauses sunsetted, once they expired, Iran's nuclear weapons program would be entirely legal and legitimate in the eyes of the international community. So it was never meant to stop Iran from getting a bomb, no matter how much Obama and his aides and the press um, lied about this. Those are the simple facts. And again, I encourage people, if they, if they don't believe me, to go search sunset clauses, um, uh, Iran deal or joint comprehensive plan yep. of action. It's pretty clear what happened. So yep. it, it was a um, green light to get the bomb. But then also, right. I want to get to Hamas. It was a green light to get them flush with cash. And I want to bring that back to Israel on the other side of our our commercial break. Yeah. Just folks, as, as Lee Smith is giving you a 2020 vision on the Middle East and in his columns, we want to give you literal 2020 vision. I have right now the best pair of glasses from Rodenstock with better spectacles. We all know driving at night is not fun. You have the hallows, the rain, the bright oncoming lights that seem to get brighter with these newer cars. And street signs are hard to read. Uh, that's obviously because your pupils change in sight based on light. And Rodenstock, no, it's different. Your dusk and nighttime driving will be a breeze. Uh, you know, I, I've never had an easier time with it. My wife got her pair as well. Good quality and a good price. Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment. They could they they do have the technology to do it without going in person. So you could order it and then get 61% off. Go now to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So we're here with Lee Smith, really in a, I mean, the body of work. I, I've been following you from afar um on the Iran deal, but really many other issues as well. The deep state, Very Intel, fun. so many so many areas to go. But I want to pick this up. So the the joint plan, the Iran deal, mm -hmm. it greenlit the nuclear bomb, but it also yeah. unleashed a tremendous amount of resources for Iran. Yeah. What yeah. do we know about what they did with those resources and how Hamas has so much of an arsenal to fight with? Well, since 2014, at least, if not 2013, because the Obama administration started um, undoing sanctions in the lead up to the Iran deal to encourage the Iranians to sit and accept the American surrender. Right. So for a decade now, um, that with, with, with a very um, uh, a brief lacuna during the Donald Trump years. Right. And Donald Trump, of course, withdrew from that deal. Um, what this has done is this has flooded the Iranians with hundreds of billions of dollars, um, uh, hundreds of billions of dollars. Most recently, there was the 16 billion, six available in South Korea, another 10 a billion, another 10 billion um, they were given access to in Iraq. Um, I, I think the important thing to understand about this money, it's not just the sums and it's not just it's not just the sums. It's like what, when you make that much money.
available to a, a foreign nation, you're signaling a friendship, not not mm. um, not enmity. So that's the other thing. It's like it, people understand that now, as, as it's, it's the same signature as the nuclear deal. It's like, no, Iran is a friend now. We consider Iran a partner, right? Not not an adversary. We 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 are fully aware of how many Americans the Iranians have killed since the uh, since the Islamic Revolution, but we consider them an ally nonetheless. So that that's a very important thing. It's not just actually what they were able to buy with the money; it's what the money uh, it's what the money signaled to Iran, to Israel, to other regional partners like Saudi Arabia. Um, so the the Hamas in particular, right? One of the one of the things that the administration is doing uh, it would be funny were it not for the bloodshed is that they're trying to hide. Um, Iran's role in supporting uh, supporting Hamas, right? Well, they, they say they'll acknowledge, oh yeah, well we know that Iran supports Hamas, but we have no intelligence that they uh, that that they supported this particular operation. Well, of course they did, because 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 <laughs> first of all, that's what Hamas is saying. Like, that's where we get our weapons. <laughs> that's where we get our money. Right. So, of course, the Iranians are behind it. But the administration, the administration, uh, the administration will not acknowledge it. And there are people, the, fir- the first line of con- the first line of um, obfuscation is this. People are saying, well, that's responsible of Biden because what they're doing is they're avoiding a wider regional conflict here that might draw in the United States. And that's not true at all. Right. There, there is no chance of the Biden administration engaging in a conflict with Iran or its adversaries. Right. The point is the Biden administration is 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 embarrassed. Right. Embarrassed and perhaps even shocked by what um, by Hamas's. So uh, I, I want to get to the shock and, and where that leaves the administration now. But again, obviously, you're saying I mean, this gets all back to the fact that that the Biden administration continuing with the Ob- from what the Obama administration did, they are literally allies with Iran. We need not have a kinetic war with them, simply not being an ally. And I think, you know, right. I've been critical of some of Trump's domestic policy, but but on a, on a on foreign policy, I mean, he had it right. Things were doing good in the Middle East, at least for the most part. Um, I want to get to Qatar. OK, a mm-hmm. lot of people know about the Iranian connection. But a lot of the or most of the Hamas senior leadership is living in Qatar. Qatar gives them a lot of funding. Qatar's is also another U.S. ally and home to CENTCOM. So it's Hamascom and CENTCOM at the same time. What's going on there? That's a funny way to put it. (laughs) Well, the way the best way to understand Qatar is, is that Qatar uh, sees its its big enemy as being Saudi Arabia. Right. So that's how Qatar tries to project power through Al through. I mean, Al Jazeera was originally pointed at the Saudis trying to cause trouble for Saudi Arabia. And then, of course, the United States. But I mean, you know, the United the United States was always in Qatar's. It was always going to get entangled in Qatar's issues because Qatar is targeting Saudi and Saudi has been a cornerstone of the U.S. regional order since 1944. 
right? So the, the, what the Qataris do is they, 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 they play it both ways, you know, up and down the line. So as you say, they have CENTCOM there, they have Hamas as well. And there are people both in the American government who have not now perhaps, but previously have served in the American government and who've recognized what a problem Qatar is. And they've said, look, let's move CENTCOM out of there. Mm-hmm. Let's move uh, Al-Odeh Air Base out of there and into the UAE, which wants to make it very accommodating. But there are different problems with the Pentagon. The Pentagon's very happy happy with the furnishings there uh, and they think it would be a pain to move everything out so yeah i mean but you know qatar is qatar has backed a lot of you know qatar has supported a lot of terrorist groups throughout the years you know as 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 well um as well as its partnership with iran i mean not i'm not saying to give qatar credit but qatar's wealth comes from that um, natu- from that gas field we were talking about before, PARS-2, which it shares with Iran. So Qatar is certainly not going to stand up to Iran. That's for sure. So that's how Qatar plays. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're good guys. I'm just trying to explain their regional position and what it looks like and why they host all of these ghouls. Right. They, 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 you know, their position is, hey, man, we don't want trouble with anyone. We want to be. <laughs> You're all welcome. You're all welcome here. Live a good life. And right. and, 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 right. and that's the problem. I mean, again, you know, this this false choice of either Ukraineize Israel, do the Lindsey Graham, bomb Iran. I mean, it's simply our government's own policies have isolated Israel and have funded terror. Um, and that's that's what needs to change. But it's worse than that. Our government subverted Israel from within. I know you wrote about it at the time, what was it, March, April, earlier this year. Uh, you described almost a color revolution in Israel. What was oh, no, the Biden administration's role in that? Well, look, again, this well, this started, uh, I mean, remember, the Clinton administration didn't like uh, Netanyahu either, right? And the way that people typically write this, I was like, well, the Democrats don't like, they don't like uh, Israeli right-wingers. They don't, you know, the uh, Likud catchwork. Yeah, they don't get along with Likud. They much prefer dealing with labor uh, Labor Party people. I mean, of course, labor doesn't exist anymore, or or, or barely. Um, but but it, you know, uh, uh, because Bibi Netanyahu is the one he sticks. Um, he pokes the eye of American leadership that's pro-Iran. So first, that was Barack Obama, and as you remember, Netanyahu came, gave a uh, you know speech to a jo- joint. Yep. Um, Joint session of Congress disagreed with Obama to his face. Right. And so, you know, and, 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 and again, he's against the, of course, there's a lot of public talk. Oh, yeah, Joe Biden's an old friend of Israel. Joe Biden loves Israel, says Netanyahu. And people rib Bibi for that. But what's he going to say? Joe Biden <laughs> is trying to destroy us from within. Um, you know, he, 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 he knows very well what's going on. So what, what they did was in order, and look, it's not just about the Netanyahu government, what the Biden administration did, uh, during the, uh, during the brief Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid, uh, coalition, what, the, what they did then, what, when Lapid was prime minister, they forced on the Israelis, uh, a maritime agreement, uh, with Lebanon, AKA Hezbollah. Um, that 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 gave Hezbollah a veto, or gave Hezbollah a say in how Israel draws its own borders, and you know, of course, the Israelis, a lot of the Israelis were foolishly celebrating this. Oh, it's a great thing, and maybe there'll be more peace and more initiatives. Like, no, 
you just gave Hezbollah a say in your own border demarcation, right? The Biden administration knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and, and uh, you know, so that, that, was, that was in itself a very negative step. Then when Netanyahu returned, they did, um, they, they did two things. With the judicial reform, uh, with the judicial reform that Netanyahu came back uh, to office on, riding judicial reform, they funded and supported opponents of judicial reform. So many American listeners will recognize will, now when they hear the word democracy, right, thrown at us so much by a um, by a by, by a regime yeah. that employs that word to censor Americans. Right to criminalize to criminalize opposition to the Obama Biden faction. This whole democracy sounds pretty tinny. Well, that's exactly what was going on in Israel too, and it was the same people who were running the show. So, right? so in other words, it was it was a lot of our a military, State Department, intel assets. The same thing that you wrote about in your book on Trump, what they did right. domestically, they they did the same roadshow with Netanyahu, and right. you had. I mean, all sorts of elements of government basically saying that they're not going to listen to him. Um, military right. doing that so that so tremendous amount of division weakened his right. control. So that was you, that was a couple months ago leading up to you, this. You, um, you raise a very important point, and I should move on, but I have to digress for one sure, second. Sure, no, this is all important. Because otherwise, otherwise I'll forget it. And that is this. I've seen plenty of people on social media over the last few days since the um, since Hamas's attack on Saturday. And I've seen lots of people on the right and they've been complaining, saying, oh, this looks like another uh, whatever, whether it's the, 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 the current thing or this seems like more fake war. Yeah, yeah. Dra dra drag the United States into another Ukraine thing. It's like, no, no, look, um, what's happening here? Right. Is the same people who are plotting against Americans are also plotting yes. against the government of Israel. That's very important. And if you want to say, look, the, 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 the Israelis do not want uh, the United States and Israel, never mind uh, 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 American uh, American armed forces fighting alongside in Israel. That's not what the Israelis are asking for. The Israelis are asking for the United States to honor um, to honor the alliance well over 50 years now, to honor that alliance. That's all it is. Anyway, my, my, my point is that people on the right are mistaken, and it's understandable because we've been battered. We've been, right? no, we've, we've been, been battered. And, but I think right, what a lot of so people don't bond, understand. So much garbage. Uh, and this look, this from a, from a certain perspective, yes. this to them looks like another, but uh, but uh, again, I, I have to say this. You're, people are free to say, you know, I think this is the one thing Barack Obama uh, was right about. I think he was right about Iran. People are free to say that, but they have to understand that they're on Obama's side on this, that yep. they believe giving a nuclear bomb to a terrorist state with lots of American blood on yep. its hands while um, while gifting it hundreds of billions of dollars, right? This is Obama's idea. Yep. And, and, and right? Lee, so, I, I must add that a lot of those elements on the right that might be like, oh, it's these Soros-funded Jewish globalists, you know, that are part of it, they're actually getting the wrong, they're not identifying the right people, they're on the opposite exactly. side. Those are the ones who funded 
the color revolution of leftists in Israel. So the discord, no question, had something to do with them being caught flat-footed. Hamas, I think, has even cited that. They know that. So we're running out of time. This has gone by so fast. I want to get to the here and now. So where you see the Biden administration you know, making their play and what Republicans in Congress can do. Because typically, if I'm Hamas, what I'm thinking of is we play that alliance you just said, that typically we do an attack and then they're sympathetic to Israel, the U.S. government, that is, initially. But then, you know, and this is a whole other story that Israel seems to have issues with their infantry, like a lot of probably our own military as well, rotted out. So they only like to do things from the air. Then they bomb things. It, it creates sympathy for the for Gaza. Public well, opinion turns against yeah. them. And then they count on the fact that the U.S. comes in, puts the handcuffs on Israel. Obviously, well, this thing is spectacular. What happened is beyond anything. So the Biden administration, at least in word, they've so far you know, try to toe the line and say, no, this is, this is, Israel just needs to do what they, they need to do. But what's really happening there? They've, they've moved at least one aircraft carrier, uh, one aircraft carrier group, the Gerald Ford, I believe, isn't that what it is? They've moved it into the Eastern Mediterranean. The point is not to support Israel. The point is there, the point is to be there to help impose the ceasefire mm. that the Biden administration and the international community will impose at a certain point. And the the language coming out of the, the rhetoric coming out of Biden's mouth as well as Biden aides show us how it's going to happen when they've been talking about we expect our allies to uh, act in accordance to international act in accordance with international law, um, etc. We, we know it's going to happen because the uh, in t- 2006, Israel's operation against Hezbollah was wrapped up after what uh, Hezbollah claimed was a war crime. So what I believe is likely to happen here is Hamas will stage a war crime. Um, The Biden administration will be uh, shocking across the world. The Biden administration and the international community will feel compelled to impose a ceasefire. And that will be a decisive moment for the government of Israel, for Benjamin Netanyahu and now Yep. Um, yep. And now Benny Gantz, who's also been brought into the government, former defense minister, um, it, it will be a decisive moment. And what we're likely to see, what we may see is we may see a decisive shift in the U.S.-Israel relationship as decisive as the one, as decisive as the shift that has shaped this relationship, starting with the 1973 Yom Kippur War. So um, wow. Wow. we'll see what wow. happens. I mean, Netanyahu may, he may... Um, he may do what the United, what the Biden administration and the interna- so-called international community demand, or he may say they left. Um, yeah, they they left images of the Holocaust imprinted imprinted in the minds of, of of the people that I lead. We were not finished, and we can't listen to you. Um, so, we'll and, and I know there's indelible images in their mind from what was it, 2006, with the last big, large-scale Hezbollah war, which might. Looks yeah. like it might happen again, where there's at least the Israelis view, and the much of the Israeli military view it that they actually lost that battle. That that the the Bush administration, the a holes, Condoleezza Rice, all these people, yeah. they actually picked the time where Israel was the most vulnerable and in transition in battle. And said, "All right, time out, time out. All right, time do a ceasefire." And Hezbollah declared victory. 
And right. and that's what I guess Hamas is probably aiming for this time, counting on their alliance with the Biden administration. And that's really what Republicans in Congress need to be on the lookout more than any funding package or this or that. It's really more the policies emanating from this administration that set Israel on fire. Any parting words, Lee? Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would just say that this to be on the lookout for and it's important to remember, Hezbollah, Hezbollah declared victory then. I mean, I, I, I was living in Beirut. I left during the war, first week of the war in Beirut. And I, you know, I was back soon after. Look, I mean, th- those neighborhoods were <laughs> those neighborhoods were utterly destroyed. Hezbollah will claim victory no matter what. Hamas will claim victory no matter what. After this, Iran will declare victory no matter what happens after this. That's why it's very important what I think can happen here um, with, with with Republican leaders is is that they can help um, they can help shape what victory really looks like for the force for the forces of civilization. And 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 the Israeli government is going to have to decide what victory will look like for them, too, because it's not just for Israel. It's for the United States. We've seen what's happening here around the United States. The uh, uh, Americans, uh, Americans, we need an Israeli. We need an Israeli victory here against the forces of chaos and savagery. So it's very, it's very important to all of us as well. Amen. Lee Smith, D.C. on Twitter. And you can follow Lee Smith on tablet. Uh, I'm sure you're going to come out with a lot of insightful articles as well. Keep up the good work. And again, your book, The Permanent Coup on Amazon, uh, talking about the deep state here. Thanks for your work. We really look forward to having you back again. Thank you so much, Daniel. Take care. So so there you have it, folks. Um, You know, it's funny. Lee didn't hear the first half of the show, but it really tied in the point he made about the ideological affinity for Iran, um, you know, among the Obama and his administration, Biden. You can now see the link there. Obama loves Iran for the same reason he loves BLM. And and I think this is truly hard to comprehend, but these guys, they, they side with Hamas. They, they like Hamas and Hezbollah. Now, I think there's guys that are less overt on the left that are a little bit jolted. Whoa, okay, I mean, I, I didn't sign up for a Holocaust. So some of them are are engaging in, in, in a little bit of soul-searching. I don't have much hope. You know, you heard Jake Tapper kind of say, like, hey, some of us progressives are, you know, we have to really rethink things a little bit here. I, I don't have much hope for them, but it's what we need to do to be clear. This division on the right that we're seeing, it should not be a division. We don't need to turn Israel into Ukraine. It's reverse the freaking policies that are anti-American and then, you know, it solves the problem there. Stop. We don't need to bomb Iran. Just stop giving them the money. Okay. Take CENTCOM the hell out of Qatar. We shouldn't even be there anyway because we do no good there. I'm saying it actually, it, being pro-Israel in the right way actually works in concert with a more minimalist approach. Pull our stupid, you know, I talked yesterday about the thousand American troops in Syria uh, uh, Hezbollah was shelling Israel from Syria, so they're going to have to do ops there. And now you have American troops. I'm not sure how far away, but they, they're they're a problem there. They need to leave. Um, stop supporting our Iraqi allies, which we fought and bled and died for. It got blown up in the tens of thousands with IEDs for. Uh, while Iran was planting the IEDs for us to establish a go- government helping them. Talk about have you killed and have you inherited? Unbelievable, the stuff we've done there. And, um, 
just stop imposing ceasefire. So, you know, Lee is warning that they're sending assets there not to help Israel. They're sending them there to impose a ceasefire. Right now, you're not going to hear it in their rhetoric because they can't get away with it in America. So the Democrats have to toe this line that the overwhelming majority don't agree with their Ilan Omar, you know, AOC sort of base. But they're getting ready for the first opportunity that they see something that they could say Israel went too far and then come in there, yank them, you know, while Israel's infantry is on the ground, kind of in a precarious situation to make sure as many Israelis get killed, which is what they want. Again, we're dealing with the same government that wants us dead from the vaccines, wants us dead from criminals, wants the borders open, wants inflation high. They want to destroy Western civilization. This is part of it. Okay, Israel, the battle for Israel is the linchpin of of Western civilization, and their own government has the same problems every Western country has. Now, does it mean we need to go over there and fight? No, we need to fight for ourselves. But what what Lee has been writing about is it was the Obama and Biden administrations that got Israel into this problem. Okay, that's that's the thing. They set it on fire. They have this on their hands. So they owe it to them to reverse those policies. That's all it is. You know, don't get distracted with the Lindsey Graham stuff, the Nikki Haley stuff. This is a true America first, conservative, moral, biblical view on what's going on there. How to apply it here at home. Boy, a lot of lessons. Let me know what you think. Daniel Hurwitz at StarMail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. And thank you for listening.